0: Welcome back to Musar for Sar Shalom and the Lapid Nation. Thank you for joining me today. I uh, hope you're well where you are. We've had a lot of illnesses here in the area, and we're all trying to get back on our feet and back well. So hopefully you are well. Hanukkah is over now, and so the days are beginning to lengthen, and we begin to look forward to the next holiday of the winter, which is Purim. And uh we at Sar Shalom take Purim very seriously. And uh many of us have already started working on our costumes. Uh some even ordered them way early and getting getting ready for that. Unfortunately, during these dark days of winter, uh we are seeing the evil forces of darkness um moving about, especially with the uh recent killings in New York at the Hanukkah party and the and the here in here in our very own area, of course you have heard I'm sure about the uh church shooting here, and so you know it would give us reason to be discouraged and depressed at this time if it were not for the stories of the Maccabees. And the story of Esther and their victories and so we can keep those stories in mind to give us hope during these dark days and So we just pray that those miracles of of Hanukkah and Purim will be repeated here in our day even right now as we experience these dark evil forces at work Well, last week we uh, continued our study on the Midah of Honor, and uh, let's just uh, begin with a little review before we go on (coughs) to this week's continuation of learning more about honor. We learned last week the difference between despair and teshuva, and while uh, teshuva builds us up, leads to growth, leads to joy, despair does the opposite, and it uh, discourages us, causes us to become paralyzed and immobile, and it is certainly not a, a, a thing to be desired. In fact, we should seek to replace desire uh, with encouragement. We were also reminded of a previous lesson that we learned is that when we do teshuva hashem places us on an even higher plane than we were before so that should encourage us and uh, we studied that we should not view ourselves as wicked or evil but as someone who's growing and learning and progressing on the other hand we should never be in denial about our sin, just because it's painful to think about uh, we should not be in denial, but uh, you know having a healthy self esteem means looking at ourselves accurately, both our strengths and our weaknesses, and we learned uh uh, through a, a little poem I used to share with my children it 's not always the one with the most ability that is the most successful in the end, but oftentimes it 's the one that has healthy self esteem good self confidence that can actually succeed rather than honor. We looked at rushing after uh spiritual things rather than rushing after material stuff rush after try to acquire more and more spiritual traits spiritual good deeds we looked at the concept of balancing encouraging ourselves with admonishing ourselves we encourage ourselves with the right hand because it's uh stronger and we admonish ourselves with the left hand because it's weaker and that way we're not too critical too overly extremely critical of ourselves after that we begin to turn our focus and look at how then do we honor other people. And we learned at what a life giving thing it is to extend honor to someone else. To make them feel like that their life is worthwhile and significant. and. We've been studying self-esteem and how to build that and how it begins on the inside, but some people Especially just starting out to build their self-esteem Need a little help from the outside and so some encouragement and some praise from the outside will really help a person Begin to build that self-esteem on the inside and then they will not be so dependent on external praise then we begin to look at some very specific ways that we can begin to honor other people in very simple ways. Dealing calmly with others. Speaking pleasantly. Listening uh, without interrupting. Using their titles. If they are uh, have a title that they've attained, using those titles, especially children <coughs> with uh, adults, Mr. and Mrs. Remembering their names, and sometimes this is hard for us, especially when you meet someone new. Um, it's okay to ask them a couple of times, now tell me again so I get it right, and then try to lock that away in your memory so that you can call them by their name the next time. And just being attentive, paying attention to people. If they look sad, uh, ask them. If they um, or have a sad countenance or they just look discouraged, then mention it and ask them, are you okay? We learned again, we've learned this before, that everyone is created in Hashem's uh, image. We should judge everyone favorably and especially our friends. And we looked at the example of Aaron, how he uh, loved peace, loved others, and brought them close to To Torah that way and that he was one of those people that just can make you feel so important um, that it just builds your self-esteem and then we should strive to be a friend like Aaron okay today we're in chapter 5 of the section on honor if you're following along in the book and we're going to start off by looking at another way to honor someone and that is through praise and Receiving uh, praise, sincere praise, can help us uh, find where our strengths are. If we don't have other people praising us about certain things, then we may never be able to discover what are our strengths. And, um, of course, we studied quite a bit this summer in Sha'odere Tishyva about false flattery. And certainly that's not what we're talking about, but we're talking about real sincere praise, in our book it gave the example of someone who has a beautiful singing voice maybe they never really sang much except in the shower maybe they don't know if they have a good voice and so if we hear someone sing i know one of the young ladies in our shul uh, a few months quite a few months back we were just at a hovdala messing around and she starts singing a song it wasn't even a, a a worship song it was just a song and i said wow you have a great voice she goes no i i don't know how to sing i said and i just kept praising her and kept praising her and now she has recently begun to sing a bit with our worship team and she really does have a good voice but she didn't even realize, really realize that um you know on the other hand we have to be very honest and not give insincere If we don't think someone can sing well, we certainly shouldn't tell them. I often remember um, uh, the uh, talent show on TV uh, here in America called American Idol. And uh, one of the judges was always Simon Cowell, who was kind of a harsh judge. And every once in a while, there would be a singer come on who was not a good singer at all. And their audition was terrible. And he would ask the person, who told you you can sing? And they would say, my friend, my coworker, whatever. And he would say, they probably weren't being honest with you. So we don't want to embarrass anyone, put them in an embarrassing situation by being not honest. And uh, so we want to st- stay away from that too. But there are ways to praise people sincerely. Um, you know, perhaps a person is not a great uh Poor a scholar, but they study a lot or they're committed or they're, um, they're reliable, whatever it is that is their strength. We can find a way to praise them without it being false flattery. We need to take out the, t- take time to, to get to know a person, to search out their strengths and to praise them for that. <clears throat> and besides, you know, anytime that we begin to give insincere praise it's really not truthful and we've studied truth and you know we just lose our credibility and then people don't believe anything we say like the boy who cried wolf and so we want to be honest we want to be truthful um, and so the best compliment comes from someone who's honest and straightforward um without false flattery <coughs> especially For our friends, Uh, sometimes we get a little bit lax with our friends, maybe even especially with our families and probably most especially with our spouses. Uh, We don't take the time to praise them like we should. We know them. We know each other. They know what I like about them. Why do I need to praise them all the time? Again, we were, we were talking about you know if a person uh, isn't a great Torah scholar, but you know that they study hard, then then praise them for that. Praise them for what they do, um, and you know sp- specific. Be specific in your praise. Don't just be you know oh you're a great person, but people like to hear why. Why do you think that? What specifically have I done? So tell them specifically what they've done that that you're finding worth praiseworthy Uh, another way is to if you hear someone else complimenting your friend pass that compliment along and let them know Uh, if your friend does a favor for you if uh, perhaps your friend has a great recipe and you ask them hey can I have that great recipe or you know your friend is uh, particularly has some expertise in a certain area so you uh, ask their advice in that area um, so there are a lot of ways that we can praise our friends um, in a very sincere, truthful way. Um, <clears throat> you know, even, even as something small as complimenting how they look today or how they dressed, <clears throat> noticing those things, these are all great ways to just show honor uh, to our friends, to others through praise. You know, another way is uh, <clears throat> when when someone's missing, uh, especially here where we uh, are local and we come together on Shabbat and you kind of know who's there and who's missing and make sure that, um, that you know, if it's someone close to you or someone that you, ha- you have contact with um, and they're missing, don't just ignore that, but contact them perhaps and tell them, hey, I missed you this week. You know, I saw the saddest thing uh, a couple of weeks ago on Facebook. And it was a little meme that said, if tomorrow I disappeared, would anyone notice? And we want to make sure that no one ever feels that way, especially in Sarshalom. We should, no one in our circle should ever feel that if they just disappeared, no one would notice. Another way to praise someone uh Else is to praise their children. Uh, parents always love to be praised for their children and that's another way that we can up. On the other hand, I know several of us are teachers, uh, especially at Sar Shalom, or perhaps you're a teacher even at your job, we have to be a little bit careful when we have to relay information to the parents that perhaps their child has behaved less than stellar and so we just want to tread there very carefully. Expressing gratitude is another way to honor to honor each other. If a person has gone out of their way to do something for you, a favor uh, pay attention and make sure that you show them gratitude for that um Another thing is don't always wait. If someone, let's say that you see someone beginning to, uh, this is the kind of the time of the year, some people begin to work out again, and you see someone beginning to really work out, don't wait till they're looking like a bodybuilder to praise them. Begin now as you see them working towards a goal, as you see them um Uh, being determined and sticking with it praise them for that don't wait till the end uh, result to to praise them for that the Torah uh, commends us excuse me in Vaikra 19.18 of course we know this one by heart you shall love your neighbor as yourself Yeshua says in Matthew 7.12 whatever you want men to do to you do also to them now, we love to be praised for uh, all the things that we do. We love to be appreciated and shown gratitude. And so, if we want to be praised, then certainly we should keep that in mind and treat others the way we would want to be uh, tre- you know, treated and show gratitude for what they do to us for us and uh praise them for what we see them doing well. This uh Praise should we said praise your friends, but we also should praise all people of all ages and all all levels, especially children. Sometimes young people don't get the praise that maybe we forget because we so much so much of the time we're spent uh, watching for their bad behavior, watching for what they're doing wrong, and we need to just make sure that we're also praising them for the good that they do. And we're going to talk about that in a, a bit more detail here in a little bit as well as people in higher positions, uh, rabbis, uh, uh, great speakers and leaders. They also need to hear words of encouragement, words of praise. Um, Make sure to make a point to tell them that you appreciated their their teaching, their speech, their whatever. And I I would just encourage every one of us this week, um, if you consider Rabbi Mordecai your rabbi, Just take a moment this week through Facebook or however you do it and just communicate to him how you know some words of praise this week give him some encouragement I know he receives a lot of discouraging words and so let's offset that this week with some really good words of praise for our rabbi you know every human deserves some honor To be extended to them. And we can show honor to everyone, even those that are not necessarily our friends or not in our community. And, you know, one of the simplest ways to begin to do this is just be. uh, begin to greet people wherever you go. Greet them with a pleasant smile, a pleasant word. It can go a long way towards making someone just feel a little better at the grocery store or the bank, wherever you are. Just, uh, you know, a a greeting will make someone feel a little better about their day. In Baruchot 17a, it was said of Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai, No one ever greeted him first. So he always made it a point to be the first one to greet. Again, we were reminded that every person is created in the image of Hashem. And so when we treat others with honor, we are honoring also the name of Hashem. Because in that person is the image of Hashem. And when we honor them, we honor him. And so we should just keep that in mind. Also, this becomes a little harder for us, perhaps, when there's people outside of our uh, common beliefs, outside of our religious community, or even uh, especially in today's age, especially in the United States right now, outside of our political views, and it can be so easy to. to not show honor to that group of people, whatever you consider that group of people that you just don't see eye to eye with. And so if you're really looking for a challenge on your mida of honoring someone else, begin with those people. Begin with those people that you find it the hardest to honor. <clears throat> Uh, another thing that we should be very very careful with because our children as we're going to study some more here in a minute our children are always watching us learning from us we should make sure that we are not encouraging our children either overtly or covertly or by example to belittle others that don't agree with us because they are listening they're seeing what we write on Facebook they're seeing all these comments and so we need to be good role models for them. We can teach them to be proud to be who we are, be proud to be a Jew or or whatever your uh, political persuasion is without belittling others uh, in doing so. We we are obligated to honor every Jew, every friend, every stranger we come across. <coughs> if visitors come to our shulk, Uh, Then make it a point that they feel welcome and that they're that we honor them through simple greetings Um, Just we don't want people to feel like that their existence is unnoticed or that somehow they are just insignificant so um, Just make it a point if someone comes into the shul or comes into your group wherever you are Just make it a point to greet them and make them feel welcome and we know of course that our level of honor is going to be different depending on our relationship with that person and that's that's reasonable and normal that we would not show the same honor to the bank teller as we would to our husband or our closest friend or our rabbi so and that's understandable but every person deserves a basic level of honor so as we've been talking about the parent child relationship a bit, let's look into chapter uh, six, which is the next chapter in our book, and look at specifically the parent-child relationship. And I just want to start off by saying that I am certainly far from an expert in raising children. I actually found, although I loved my children and did the absolute best I could, I found raising children to be quite Challenging, And I remember a book from back in the day called uh, Parenting is Not for the Weak at Heart. And I found that to be quite true. So all of these uh, concepts today, um, you know, are really good and uh, come from the book. And I, I, I agree with them. And um, but uh, me personally, this is what was an area of challenge for me to how to raise children properly. So let's look at this. Uh, The chapter starts off by reminding us that we know, of course, the first thing that comes to mind is that the Torah commands uh, honor your father and your mother. So children, it starts with children should honor their parents in Shemote 2012. The book of Ephesians uh, chapters uh, 5 and 6 has quite a few things to say about various kinds of relationships. And it also repeats the commandment to honor your father and your mother. But in verse 4 of chapter 6, it also speaks to the parents, to the father specifically. Do not provoke your children to anger. So although parents and children are not considered equals at all parents are still obligated to honor their children as well as the children are to honor their parents of course in a, perhaps a different way but certainly we're going to look at how parents can do that we know that we know that we have to provide for their physical needs that's required that's the minimum You know, of a parent, they have to feed them, house them, clothe them. But parents are also required to provide emotional and psychological nourishment and nurturing um, as well. And this is as equally as important as providing them with their food and housing. You know, we know, we know that children, even if they're being rebellious and talking back to you, they still are looking to you and And measuring their own importance based on how the parent thinks of the child. You might think back to your own childhood and how your parents made you either feel worthwhile or not worthwhile. Uh, Maybe they were really good at it or maybe they weren't so good at it. Maybe you've had to struggle over the years with your own self-worth because your parents weren't as good in that area children that leave or stray from Torah our book tells us do so because their parents were lacking in the proper molding of their children parents are in a unique position of of all of the positions better than teachers better than friends to mold and shape their children's behavior and so if the children leave Torah then it is something in what the parent did or didn't do We know that the Jewish education of children always begins with the parent-child relationship, always begins at home. Even if you later send your children to school, even to public school, it always begins and is reinforced at home. We've also been learning how each Jew is an entire universe of themselves. And certainly each child is a universe unto themselves And is an entire world at stake in how we mold that child into the world. So one of the first ways that parents can honor their children is love, love and love. Now, children need their desperately need their parents love more than probably anything else. But we would stop and say, we know we loved our own children, right? Of course we love our children. Don't all parents love their children? But we have to ask, does the child feel that love? Or are we so busy uh, disciplining, correcting, rebuking, uh, disapproving that they're not feeling our love and again i would say think back to your own parents and how good were they at expressing their love to you and were you able to feel that or was it just something that you knew uh, okay they love me they're my parents but i don't feel that love so we need to find a way to express that love to our children through through our words through actions, through time, from the very day they are born. They need to feel that love all of the time. We uh, talk about the pity on habin. And this is the ceremony of the redemption of the firstborn. And when a Father had a firstborn son, he would bring the son, and then there was a ceremony that they would go in so that the father could, in effect, redeem that child. And it says in our chapter this week that in this ceremony, the father is asked, which do you prefer, to give your firstborn son, who is the first issue of his mother's womb, or to redeem him, to buy him back for uh, silver coins? And of course, it would be inconceivable to us that any father would say, well, I'll just keep the coins instead. Um, But the question is intended to bring to the forefront of the father's mind that no matter how uh, busy he may get with bringing in income for the family, that always the child is more important than the money ever was. And this whole uh, ceremony of uh, the pity on habit is really just to point that out another way is to to honor our children is to set aside time uh time is uh, a, a valuable resource in the lives of parents who are busy with jobs with household with cooking probably with several children and um Time is something that maybe our children get shortchanged on sometimes. And if you have multiple children, it needs to be something you really have to maybe even schedule into your day to spend time with all your children but and also specifically with each child, Um, perhaps at bedtime or breakfast or uh, however you can work that into your to your day, it needs to be a time spent with that child without interruption. And we hate to have to even say this, but put the phone down for a bit. It's so sad, and I've seen many uh, commercials on TV or whatever about um, parents and children. They take their children to the park. And the child is begging for the parents' attention, but the parents just so busy on the phone, they have not given the child any attention, even though they may may think in their mind, well, I took them to the park, but they're so distracted. So we need to put the phone down and focus on the child. In that way, then the child will know that he is a priority in the life of the of the parent, and and he'll understand that um, even though the parent has to go to work, has to you know perhaps bring home food, that still he is more important. He will f- begin to understand that he it, he takes priority in the parent's life. And I really like this. It said in our chapter, even a father who studies Torah all the time day and night, should not ever let his children feel neglected because of his Torah study. It says if a father is studying, getting up early in the morning and studying Torah and his little child comes in and he should not ignore that, but that he should lift his head immediately, smile and say, I'm so glad to see you. And that may seem like such a very small thing, but to a child, that can be a huge deal that you as a parent stopped whatever important thing you were doing to focus on them. And the more love a parent can show a child, the better the the child will uh be to... Will feel their parent their parents love, so and then they'll feel like a, they'll feel like a million dollars when they're around you as their parent, and that's how we want them to feel that they are important uh, when they're around us that we are making them feel important. So, parents still have to be parents though, and how then do we discipline and show love at the same time? Faikra 1917 says, You shall surely rebuke your fellow. And then a little bit later it says, You shall love your fellow as yourself. Now, why is the commandment to rebuke your fellow clo- closely followed by the commandment to love your fellow as yourself? How are these connected? <clears throat> Bartonuro in A Vote. Two nine says that a good friend is one who reprimands you when he sees you doing something improper. You know, we all have friends that will basically go with us as we jump off the cliff, but sometimes we need a friend who will stop us and say, hey, what are you doing? Um, we all need that kind of a friend. And in the same way, and they're they're doing it out of love and in the same way discipline a, a child is a function of our love for them um but it, we have to be very very careful it can be very easy as a parent to get angry to get frustrated with our children as we're disciplining them and to kind of vent that anger and frustration instead of showing them love in the discipline and um uh, so uh, we have to be very careful with our words and how we word that discipline and that kind of do a check on our own emotions. Even if we have to wait a bit to do that discipline, you know, we often, often hear quoted Mishle Proverbs 13:24, which you can probably quote from memory. I could say a word or two and you could fill in the rest. Spare the rod, spoil the child, Right. But we sometimes, as we often do, don't continue on and read the rest of the verse. He who loves him disciplines him in his youth. Discipline should be rooted and a function of our love for our child, not our anger or frustration with our child. We need to take the time. The patience, the calmness to explain to the child why they're being disciplined and uh, not be yelling, not be screaming, not be doing these things that they don't understand and won't understand. Just as we would, maybe they don't understand why we would take a young child to the doctor to give them, you know, medicine or whatever. Um, But we have to explain to them, I'm doing this because I love you. And, And the same way with discipline. <clears throat> okay another way to honor our children is just um, remembering that they are people too uh, it, we, we parents have to can remain in charge we have to remain the parents um, <clears throat> but we can do so we can give instructions to our children respectfully calmly pleasantly with patience and thereby we are modeling to our children how to treat other people and how we treat them. And another area is children's feelings. And it may be uh, inconceivable to us as adults at this time in our life, why a child is completely distraught over having lost their favorite toy. But we need to understand that their emotions are just as real to them as our emotions today are to us. And we can have empathy and we can be sensitive to those feelings, those emotions that they're having, even though we may still have to tell them no or correct them or whatever. We can still be empathetic towards how they're feeling and help them through that. Okay, let's talk about, we've been talking about praising our friends Let's talk about using that praise as a way to honor our children. Just as we praise our friends' strengths and their talents, we can also praise our children's strengths and talents. And in the same way, our friends learn where their strong areas are so our children can do the same. And that's a way that we can help them begin to grow and develop those strengths and talents. You know, we continue to learn uh, learn, and look at how each Jew, each individual is created uniquely for a certain mission, a certain path in life, and so are children. And uh, even if you have several children, there's no real reason to compare the children because each child is created so uniquely with their own mission, their own path, and um, comparison is just really not a part of it. It's really a parent's job to help that child learn that he is unique that he doesn't need to be compared to others and motivate him to discover his own path, his own potential, and help him develop that <clears throat> and and it is a real a real danger to treat all children you have five children and you treat and expect them all to be exactly the same. That's really dangerous and if you expect them all to fit a certain exact mold, then they aren't going to learn are going to forget their uniqueness about themselves. In our book, it brings up <clears throat> the familiar blessing that probably almost all of us do <clears throat> on Friday night over our children, especially our sons. May Hashem make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Now, we know <clears throat> um Coming up in a tour portion, I believe, in a, a couple of weeks, we will be coming to uh, a a portion where Yaakov brings in Yosef's grandchildren, or Yosef's children, his grandchildren, Ephraim and Maneshe. And Menesheh is the older, Ephraim is the younger, and yet when he gives the uh blessing, he switches the hands. So he gives the main blessing to the younger child. But it says that there was no envy among the brothers um, between Ephraim and Manasseh. And just like our children, we should not make them feel jealous of each other. It said in our book, even though Manasseh was the firstborn, Yaakov switched his hands to give the blessing. But Manasseh was not envious because he understood that they each had their own unique roles. And the father's Blessings over his sons every Friday night should emphasize this. To each son that he blesses, he should do so individually, pointing out to that particular son his strength, his unique role, and help build and build on that uniqueness about him. Another way to honor <clears throat> our children is a very effective parenting tool that we have to be reminded of again, and that is positive reinforcement. Just as we praise our friends for doing something good, and then that makes them want to repeat that, we need to do the same with our children. If we catch them doing something good, praise them and then and that way they'll be encouraged to repeat it and then it becomes like a wonderful kind of a loop where uh, they get praised uh, they do good they get praised and um, then they want to do good again so we praise them again and it just becomes a wonderful loop uh, in which the the child can get continuous praise unfortunately uh, we as parents and me as uh, well when I children were at home We we tend to want to resort to other methods of parenting, which are more negative, more forceful and harsh, but they're really not as um, beneficial and effective in the long run. We again looked at, we again look at this same concept of the right hand and the left hand. And it goes, you know, just as we would do it with ourselves, we should do it with our children. With our strong right hand of praise, we, we pull them in. And with our left hand, which is the weaker one, this is the one that we correct and admonish our children. So we want to make sure that we don't reverse that and be, be stronger with our criticism and our harshness than we are with our praise and, and uh, positive reinforcement. Even though we want to find things for our, that our children do to praise and, and, and reinforce them about, we don't want to give them the feeling that only if they do something good do we love them and have respect for them, but that our love for them is always, and that we will praise them when we see them doing something good, but that... Um, we also want to praise their efforts we want them to uh never lose self-respect thinking i can't succeed so therefore my parents won't love me i can't throw the ball good i can't play that instrument good therefore I, I just lose all self-respect and so we want to make sure that our our children always know that we always love them and even when they maybe aren't doing very good at the moment that we still are loving them Children are very sensitive to how their parents think of them and what they say about them to others and how they um, uh, treat them. And so this is going to have a great effect on how they view themselves and how they build their self-esteem. Okay, one another way to honor our children, and this is very timely because we've been studying Yosef for the last few weeks in our Torah portions and in our daily Aliyah. And the sages teach in Shabbos 10b, a person should never treat one son differently than his other sons. For on account of two Zelaim weight of fine wool that Yaakov gave to Yosef in excess of what he gave to his other sons, his brothers became jealous of him and the matter evolved until Yosef was sold by his brothers and our forefathers descended to Egypt. So you may think that it's no big deal to to do a little something extra for one child over another. But we can see in this whole story of Yosef that we've been studying for several weeks, what long-term detrimental effects it had on this family because one son was favored over the others. And so we should avoid any trace of favoritism, even keep it out of our hearts and our thoughts and just admire and take pleasure in each child's unique uniqueness and uh, special qualities that they have, never giving them any reason to feel that one sibling is favored over another. Another way is to... um, Not again, not wait for the success, not wait for the end result, but praise our child's efforts towards the result. Just as we talked earlier about our friend who's trying to work out, our children that are trying to learn something, we can praise their smallest efforts. Hashem judges us according to our efforts and not the outcome because the outcome is in his hands. And so we should do the same for our children and, and praise them based upon their efforts, not the outcome. If a child studies hard for a test and then the grade doesn't quite come through, praise him that he studied hard and he gave his best effort. And then they will see that it's the effort that is important. Even if they don't aren't succeeding as well as you think they should academically, they won't give up because they'll understand that it's their effort that's important. There's a story in our book this week about a a girl who was not very good academically and when her parents received her report card it was filled with failing grades and we probably as children dreaded that day that we had our parents have to look at our report card and it wasn't as good as our parents thought it should be. And when the, the girl asks her parents what does the report card say? They, realizing that this was a critical moment, they said they knew that she would never be a great scholar, but they replied that it said that she had done well in her studies and that her teachers loved her. So they found some way to praise her even though the result of the grades weren't exactly what they wanted. So they highlighted her strengths instead of her weaknesses. And the story goes on that in the end, the girl grows up to be a success by building on her strengths instead of focusing on her failures. I found on the face, And this just came across from someone uh, unrelated. <clears throat> and it was a little thing that we see on Facebook often. And I thought it was pretty good and I thought I would just repeat it. Ten ways uh, that we can... Uh, Really treat our children well. The first one is apologize to children when you are wrong, when you've made a mistake, when you've uh, gotten angry, when you've done something you shouldn't, apologize. Number two, do not assume that you're smarter than a child simply because you're older. Now, of course, in these days of electronics, uh, we know that to be true. We know that children sometimes know things that we don't know. Say thank you to your child when they do something for you or you see them doing something for others. Just show gratitude. Uh, admit it when you've made a mistake to them. Let them see that you are human too. Listen to children. Don't ignore them uh, and uh, you know if you're talking to a child and an adult uh, interrupts, um, continue talking to your child. Treat them like you would want to be treated. Set boundaries for acceptable behavior. The parent still has to be the parent. Um, But we can do this with love and not with anger. Lead by example. We talked today about being the role model for them. Teach and practice compassion, kindness, and love. Big part of our lesson today. Explain to them that actions have consequences, good or bad. Oh, that our children would learn that at a younger and younger age. Uh, They would be so much better off. So many times we want to protect our children from the consequences instead of letting them just experience this. I know just a very simple way was when my children got a little older and they wanted to leave the house without a coat, even though I reminded them it's a cold day, I let them go without a coat. Yeah, they were going to be cold and uncomfortable, but the next time, you know, they remembered their coat. Enjoy watching and nurturing them. Take pleasure in the privilege and responsibility of being able to guide and shape them into well-adjusted human beings. Again, we've talked today about how each child is unique and beautiful and created special. And we need to just admire each child for their their uniqueness and their specialness. <clears throat> you know, um, parents have have to always encourage and praise their children, showing them love, showing them respect, find their strong points, praise them for it. And if we believe in them, they will come to believe in themselves. And the opposite is true as well. If we show them, you're such a failure, you'll never do this right, then they won't believe that they can do anything well. And the last way that we can show honor to our children is if we are going to help our children build self-worth and self-esteem we need to make sure that we work on our own self-worth and self-esteem it is very hard to show a child something that we don't have to give to them something that we don't possess so we they they learn from watching us they learn from how we treat ourselves and so we need to be good role models and we need to work on our own self-esteem and it our our chapter ends may we merit to build our own self-esteem and that of our children for that is the foundation of both our success and theirs and our success is so tied to theirs okay well that's our lesson today let's do a little quick review and uh, just kind of remember what we learned Back at the first of our lesson today, we talked about praise and how we can honor one another through sincere praise, not false flattery, but looking for ways to really sincerely praise someone. And that when we praise someone for their actions, they wanna repeat those actions. There are endless ways to find to honor someone with praise, favors, asking for a recipe, uh, how they're dressed, uh, if they're missing, sure we need to notice that and just honor them in that way expressing gratitude for things that they've done for us we also learn don't wait till the end result to praise our friends praise their efforts towards working towards a goal we should extend honor to people of all ages all levels even those we don't necessarily agree with and that honoring others because everyone's created in the image of hashem we honor Hashem. In chapter 6, we looked at how to honor our children and <clears throat> that we need to make sure that our children that we not only love our children, but that they can feel that love. So we have to learn to express that love um, through many ways. Uh, and one, setting aside time for each child through loving discipline, not angry, vented, frustrated discipline but loving uh, discipline. Being sensitive to their emotions, even though uh, we may still have to tell them no or we don't understand why they're so upset because they just lost their favorite toy or whatever, that we can empathize with those feelings. Realizing and honoring that each child is uniquely created, no need for comparing children to children. They're each created with their own role and their own path and above all, just avoid showing any kind of favoritism of one child over another. Praising our children's actions when they do something good. Um, praise those and then it'll be a, a wonderful loop of praise and good actions and praise and good actions. However, we don't want to wait until the end result always to praise our children, but praise them for their efforts working towards a goal. And um, that way they will have great respect for themselves and for their own efforts towards working towards something and finally we learned that um, the another way to honor our children is to build our own self-esteem and our own self-worth have a healthy self-esteem so that we can show children what it means to have a healthy self-esteem because they will certainly watch us to see how they should think about themselves okay Next week, we're going to look at two more types of relationships and one is in chapter seven the teacher-student relationship and then number eight uh, Who is another one? I certainly feel the least expert in is the all-important Husband-wife relationship. So make sure you come back for that one And we'll see what the book has to offer us in the way of honoring our spouses Okay, well, keep working on your own individual curriculum. You all are unique as well with your own, uh, hopefully, set of 13 traits that you're working on. Keep your journaling, study, um, assign yourself an assignment this week regarding your midah. And, uh, you know, just thank you for joining us here today for um, taking some time out of your week to to go on this Musar journey with us as we strive to improve our character, our midah, to be better people, to elevate our souls and uh, so that we can uh, be better servants of Hashem. Please hit, hit the like button before you leave today. Share the video with someone else and go out and spread some light in these dark days these dark times we need to spread the light and um, spark on Lapide nation see you next week